Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is January 4th, 2023, which means Wrestle Kingdom 17 is done. At least night one. Technically, there is a second night at the uh, on January 21st, but the actual Tokyo Dome show is done and over with. We've gotten through it. A, be- a behemoth of an event and the return to one night action for New Japan at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, a much needed change in my opinion after these past uh, few years of, of two night events. I thought this was th- this worked out so well for them. Um, they drew a record crowd since uh, since before the pandemic um, with uh, with around 26,000 on hand for uh, Wrestle Kingdom tonight, which I believe was more than the combined totals of both nights of the past two years. Obviously again, remember COVID. Um, but still, a massive success this has to be seen as, and show quality as well. Uh, what a massive, ma- massive step up this was from the past two years, and that's really to no fault of the the performers in New Japan. They were still trying their best over the past two years, but uh, again, with the the restrictions they had, the low crowd, uh, the, the the clapping, the, the no cheering, this this all of that was gone here, um, and it led to just a, a phenomenal way to kick off the year and and in short new japan really feels rejuvenated coming out of this show there are going to be things that we'll talk about that i'm not the biggest fan of in terms of winners of certain matches but in terms of just bringing the product back to life and creating fan interest and delivering the goods in terms of the matches on the show new japan knocked out of the park this is this was just an insanely great show from top to bottom um, and it was one that I, I did not regret waking up for. I was thoroughly entertained from 1.20 a.m. in the morning until, I like, sometime after 7 in the morning. Uh, again, it was a long night, and I did immediately go to bed after and then woke up at, like, 1, 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, but, you know, it was, it was well worth it. It was a great time. I, I enjoyed watching it. And it has me very excited about New Japan in 2023 uh, after my interest had dwindled over the past couple years um, thanks to booking and the pandemic and everything. But I'm, I'm back in it. Uh, I will be watching New Year's Dash tomorrow. I don't know if I'll watch it live or if I'll just wait till I wake up and avoid spoilers. But I will be watching New, Year da- uh, New Year's Dash as regardless. You know, I'm excited for it. It should be a fun show. And again, it'll, it'll tell us what we're heading for uh, with the new beginning uh, shows as well as the, the the next night of Wrestle Kingdom on January 21st, uh, I believe at the Yokohama Arena. Don't quote me. Um, not the best with the, the names of all these arenas, but um, yeah, if you're new here, my name's Pat. I, uh, I'm the one who typically covers New Japan um, stuff for the podcast, so uh, that's why you've got me here talking about New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom 17. I'm going to go through the show, give my thoughts. I didn't take notes on this. Um, I was just really trying to watch this and live in the moment, so I'm not going to give detailed um rundowns on all of these matches uh, as i normally do for like dynamite when i do reviews for that but um yeah if you're new here consider subscribing to the podcast 2023 we're hoping to rebound after 2022 saw us really slack in our schedule of putting out podcasts ryan and angelo delivered regularly with the impact wrestling power hour um but our dynamite reviews were so sporadic and, and in between rob started doing smackdown reviews and then fell off because his interest just lost as well as starting a new job um and all, all of us just had different schedules so 
regardless of what the podcast looks like in 2023, I'm hoping that we'll have some consistent content between myself, Ryan, and Angelo. Um, so we'll see. But uh, kicking things off, this is already the second podcast of 2023. I did do a preview show for Wrestle Kingdom uh, late yesterday. If you're listening to this, there's no real reason to go back to listen to it since Wrestle Kingdom's already happened, but it is there. Okay, so let's dive on into the show uh, again. This was at the Tokyo Dome, as, as is the case for Wrestle Kingdom, and the announced attendance was over 26,000 people, so um, pretty good stuff to see. Uh, we had a pre-show that was so bizarrely structured, in my opinion, but it is what it is. Uh, we opened with an exhibition match, a three-minute exhibition match with uh, Oiwa versus the debuting Oleg Bolton Um an amateur wrestler who uh, apparently almost came close to competing in the Olympics, which is pretty cool. Um, Oleg is a, a big guy, and again, this was only three minutes, so didn't get too invested in this. Um, it, it was there. I really like Oiwa. I think he's a very promising talent who uh, I'm looking forward to see continue to develop over the next couple of years. Um, Bolton, this was my first time seeing him. I think he's got a, a good look and he stands out in the young line class right now so that's kind of exciting um but we'll see how he develops over the next year um so i'm 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 just you know kind of excited to see if he's gonna wrestle some more and and what that's gonna look like but this is just a three minute thing they they went to a time limit draw there was a near fall right at the end um which was cool but um yeah it was just a three minute exhibition match and then we go to my favorite match yearly from new japan the New Japan Rambo to determine uh, the the four competitors at New Year's Dash or sorry New Year Dash I keep saying New Year's Dash but it's New Year Dash um, to, to to crown the provisional KOPW 2023 champion uh, no longer a trophy this year it's the full on championship belt and it's like a bright blue strap uh, looks pretty interesting um, so they did not announce how many people were going to be in this thing. Um, and it ended up being, I don't even know the number, but we had, this went 30 minutes on the pre, on the pre-show. Um, you, you had guys like Shingo, Ishii, Taichi, El Phantasmo, Show, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, uh, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Rocky Romero, Evil, Yujiro, um, you basically anybody who wasn't on Wrestle Kingdom made it on the, into this match. Um, there was no also oh Toriano as well. Um, it's weird. There was no like surprise entrance this year. I was kind of shocked at that. I thought they would have gotten some people to to come do this, even if it wasn't like outside of uh, Japan. I would have assumed they would have gotten like you know like El Lindemann in there if he wasn't busy. Um, Sima again, um, but no. Um, Anyway, this was 30 minutes too long, and our finals for the, the Fatal 4-Way tomorrow, um, or depending on when you're listening to this, it already happened, uh, the Great Okan, Shingo Takagi, Sho, and Toro Yano, uh, as they will now compete in a 4-Way match to determine who the first champion is of 2023. Um, Yano's a constant. He's never going to not be a constant with this thing, um, but... And, and I felt, again, I assumed that Shingo was making it to this. Um, but as this match progressed, I, my assumption was that the finals were going to be Shingo, El Phantasmo, Sho, and Yano. Uh, then El Phantasmo got taken out, and our final four became Great Okan, Shingo, Sho, and Yano. Um, it was a, a weird match. 
Um, at one point, like right out of the gate, I, me and Ryan are pretty sure Hikaleo eliminated himself and it never happened. And he just kept going uh, by climbing over the top rope and just walking out to the floor. But it is whatever. Um, these are always not great. And this was another year where it was not great. But it's the Rambo. I don't really... Right. I, I don't add this into my overall thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom because I know what it is every year. Um, but at least, at least like, you know, Bad Luck Folly and Chase Owens weren't in this. And, and you know, they didn't put Evil or Yujiro in the four-way. At least it's an interesting lineup of guys, I guess. I don't know who I think wins this. Um, I know Shingo referenced winning KOPW and then challenging Okada, spoiler, um, for the end of the show. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, my assumption is just that it goes to one of the others. I think, I don't know. Um, uh, I know there is a report going around that Sho is in talks to possibly leave New Japan. Um, this could be maybe a last attempt to kind of give him something, um, where, I guess he could win this and, and it'd be something. Uh, Yano, you can really never bet against. Great Okan, honestly, might be my pick to win this. I feel like he would be an interesting guy to do KOPW and see what stipulations he could come up with. Um, but I don't know. I still don't really care about the King of Pro Wrestling title. But um, at least it's... At least they're not just, you know, putting it on... I mean, I don't want to say they're not putting it on Yano, but... Um, at least, like, this past year, they treated it more seriously and, and actually made it fun with uh, Tai Chi and Shingo. Um, and then our third pre-show match, this was where it got bizarre. Um, again, this started at 1.20, the show, and then uh, we we had the three-minute exhibition match and then the 30-minute Rambo, and then we'd have an extended break, and then it would just, like, the show would cut off, and then um, we'd come back for uh, later on, with um like a, a poll for for people in the audience and then nothing until i think it was like 220 ish is when this started uh which was the antonio inoki memorial six-man tag match with uh yuji nagata teaming up with satoshi kojima and togi makabe against tatsumi fujinami minoru suzuki and tiger mask uh, everybody came out with uh, little tributes for Inoki, and it was it was a nice little thing. Um, this was just an old man match. It was 10 minutes. It was more physical than I expected, but it was hurt by uh, a bizarre finish where <laughs> Togi Makabe just kind of pinned uh, Tiger Mask after a botch, uh, and the match just ended. Um, very weird. Definitely seemed like the not-the-planned finish. I, I, like, part of me feels like Fujinami's team was supposed to win this, but... It's whatever. It's wrestling. Um, it was it was fine for what it was. Nothing nothing to write home about, uh, as Wrestle Kingdom pre-shows tend to not be. Uh, and then we go to the main show, and that's where things would just you know, quality would shift tenfold uh, up and down the card. Um, so from here we would open with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight uh, Tag Team Championship match uh, with. Catch 2-2, TJP and Francesco Akira defending against Leo Rush and Yo. And I really enjoy TJP and Francesco as a tag team, I think. Um, Akira was probably one of the best signings last year. I think he was a breakout star across the board for New Japan. I, I loved seeing him come in. I, I enjoyed him thoroughly and best of the Super Juniors last year. Um, and I think him and TJP just have very good chemistry as a team together. Um, and so I was 
I know some people really wanted Leo and Yoda to win this because of their run in Junior Tag League, but I was really hoping Catch 2-2 would retain here, and I was very happy that they did. Um, this was a very, very strong match in my opinion. Um, in terms of what I gave this, so I, I'm trying to do match ratings this year, um, and I have a spreadsheet that I'm keeping track of stuff. So I gave this a great score, which equals uh, four stars. Again, I'm, I'm still new with this, I, but, you know, uh, might be a little generous, but it's Wrestle Kingdom. Who cares? I enjoyed this to great effect. I thought this was really fun and just a great showcase for all guys. It was only uh, around ten and a half minutes, but I thought they really shined here. I thought everybody looked really good. There were some really good spots. Um, right out of the gate, Leo Rush took like a, a brutal face buster on the entrance ramp and got busted open. And then came back in this match and just had an incredible babyface run. Um, I would definitely like to see them run this back. I think the, these four guys had very good chemistry. And I really like Leo and Yo as a tag team, and I do hope they win gold soon. Um... I don't know if I would take the belts off of Catch 2-2 yet, um, but also you can also have Leo and Yo go to the U.S. and win the strong openweight titles because um, you have two sets of tag titles for, for that because that's openweight, so anyone can win those. But um, yeah, I, I was a big fan of this. I, I think Catch 2-2 should have a very strong year again this year, um, probably both as a tag and singles. I think they'll both do best of the Super Juniors and, and, and will shine there. Um and Leo and Yo, I think I think Leo probably does best of the Super Juniors this year, and I think that's a very very big thing for him um, because right now he's he's doing good in the tag team in New Japan, but I think if he does best of the Super Juniors, it's going to do it, Leo's going to shine. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, after this, we would go to our IWGP Women's Championship match. Kyrie makes her first defense of the title. And um, this would be interesting. Um, I thought Kyrie's entrance was really good. Tom Nakano looked really great too. And then we got the match. And it was much shorter than I think anybody would have expected. Um, I gave this a good rating, which is three stars in my breakdown here. Um, and I thought that like they, they had six minutes and they went out there and just had a sprint. I thought it was a very strong sprint, but it was like, again, it was six minutes. I couldn't really justify giving it much more, but I thought they, they both just got their big moves in. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fun for what it was. I would like to see a longer version of this match sometime in the future. Um, but Kyrie would retain and as she was celebrating, the lights would go out and a video would start to play with, uh, with some music. And Mercedes Monet would make her arrival. The former Sasha Banks, after months of speculation, would finally return to wrestling. As uh, just before Wrestle Kingdom, she would put out a bunch of tweets saying thank you to WWE uh, and thank you hashtag Sasha Banks. And she would make her debut here uh, looking incredible. Great new look. Um, flames in her hair. Uh, new gear. New music. Just a new presentation for her as a whole. Uh, and instead of the boss, she is now the CEO and she would come out, she'd lay out Kyrie and cut a bit of an awkward promo, but, you know, new audience, big stage. She hasn't been around in a year, and, you know, it's it's fine. It is what it is. Um, the big thing is, obviously, Mercedes Monet in stardom is a huge, huge thing. Um, to see 
one of the four horsewomen of WWE walk out of the company and opt to go work for Stardom, New Japan, and more than likely AEW as well. Um, and in her post-match comments, she would also uh, say that she wants a match with Miyu Yamashita from Tokyo Joshi Pro. So uh, it seems like she's going to be getting around quite a bit, um, which is very exciting. Sasha's a great wrestler, and she's going to give she's going to boost women's wrestling outside of the WWE in a very big way. Um, so we'll see. All eyes are now pointed to uh, AEW Dynamite tonight. It's 4.30 when I'm recording this. Soraya has already put out a, a cheeky tweet about if people are 100% sure on who her tag team partner is. And uh, on Rampage, they hinted that we might find out something tonight. And then all eyes will be pointed to the Kia Forum next Wednesday as AEW Dynamite has a big, big women's tag match with AEW Women's Champion Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker teaming against Soraya and a mystery partner who most fans speculate is going to be Mercedes Monet making her AEW debut. Um, we also do know that Kyrie and Mercedes will face off at Battle in the Valley in February, which is a New Japan pay-per-view in San Jose, and one would expect that show will sell very well, um, especially because I believe Okada is also advertised for it, so uh, that is shaping up to be a big show. Uh, from there, we'd move on to Bishamon, challenging FTR for the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Um, and again, this was one of those things where I think some people were upset that Aussie Open didn't win uh, World Tag League. I was originally, but then I was like, I really love Bishamon, and we never got the tag match between them and FTR. Um... So I was kind of very excited for this. And again, shorter match as the majority of these matches on Wrestle Kingdom outside of the Rambo and the two main events were, were fairly short. And I, for good reason, because of the final two matches. Um, but I thought that like the show was just very well paced. Like again, a very long show. The matches didn't overstay their welcome. Everybody got their big entrance, like FTR came out and looked like superstars, Bishamon looked great, and then we had a 10-minute tag match that I thought was great. I thought these guys had great chemistry. I don't know if we'll ever get another match between them, um, but man, I was I was a big fan of this. I thought this was great, um, as was the majority of stuff on the show, but I thought this was great. Um, I, I think... Dax and Cash are just two of the best tag team wrestlers alive. Yoshihashi has become one of the best baby faces in wrestling. When he made the hot tag, it was uh, the place was so so just excited for him. And when he got the pin for his team, the the Tokyo Dome got unglued. Um, just a great moment to cap off a great match, in my opinion. Um, I thought these two, these four guys, had great chemistry. I was very happy to see Dax and Goto get to go at it for a bit. Um, and yeah, I would love to see a rematch down the line. Um, obviously, we do know that there's most likely going to be a, Forbo a Forbidden Door 2 show this year. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what that shapes up. I think a lot of people have fantasy booked the main event of that show already. Um, and probably rightfully so. Uh, but I just, again, this was this was a great tag match. Again, as short as it was for, for 10 minutes, I thought it was a perfect, perfectly paced and just well booked. Um, so yeah, uh, Bishamon won the tag titles, and uh, that would be our first title change of the night, would be Bishamon, yeah. Um, so yeah, I again, I thought it was great, and I was very happy to see Yoshihashi get the pin for his team. 
after the um, IWGP tag title match, we would go to the tournament finals for the New Japan World Television Championship, uh, a belt that is, uh, again, we had these finals start in, or we had this tournament start in October. The semifinals were on November 5th. Uh, and then the finals were two months later at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's been a tournament that's been going on for a while. Uh, the original lineup was David Finley, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Alex Zane, Zack Sabre Jr., Yoshihashi, Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, Evil, Sanada, Taichi, Hiroki Goto, Kenta, Ren Narita, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, and the Great Okan. So um, a lot of people, and I think the standout matches were... For, for a lot of people, were um, were Ren Narita versus Tomohiro Ishii uh, and Sonata versus Ren Narita, and then that would bring us to the the and, and the Zack Saber Junior uh, Zack Saber Junior Evil match from Battle Autumn was also a fun one, um, but that would bring us to the the the, the finals here on uh, Russell Kingdom as Zack Saber Junior would challenge Ren Narita here, and Zack would debut his new look. He, he he's bleach blonde. And commentary would note about how he's the the hot free agent in New Japan right now, as, as Suzuki Goon is no longer, and any faction would be lucky to have Zack Saber Jr. And I thought these two worked a very fun match. Um, I think their styles are great. I know I, in my predictions, had said Ren Narita uh, as my pick. I think that the company, you know, I, I said the company should go with him. He's the young guy, uh, but at the same time, I was like, don't count out Zack. You know, he's been with the company six years and hasn't won a singles title. And I think he's a very good way to establish this belt out of the gate. And uh, with the, the stipulation being the, these title matches will all be 15 minutes, um, I think Zach works perfectly for that. He works a very fast-paced, technical, aggressive style. I, I think he's a good choice for this. I think he's going to do wonders with this belt and make it a very exciting uh, addition to the New Japan, the, the ever-growing New Japan belt uh, belt. I guess, collection that they have of championships in the company. Um, but Zach won, um, he, and he tapped out Narita, and I think Narita had a good showing. I actually thought Narita was going to win this when they showed Shibata was on commentary. I thought it was going to be a nice moment. Um, but no, Zach won this. Um, and after the match, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols, who had a good showing in the Rambo, uh, picking up some eliminations, would come out. And commentary questioned if one of them was going to challenge Zach, and then they revealed a TMDK t-shirt as commentary began to note the history between the guys. Apparently, Zach and them had worked together before. I was not aware of this. Um, but they tossed him the t-shirt, Zach teased throwing it away, and then slid it on. As we would then find out, Zach Sabre Jr. has been courted and is the new leader of TMDK. Uh, obviously... I think people were kind of wondering where this faction was going to go uh, with Jonah leaving New Japan and returning to WWE, becoming Bronson Reed once more and aligning with The Miz. Um, and I think, you know, I like Jonah's run in New Japan, but I think this is a massive upgrade uh, that we now have Zack Sabre Jr. as a faction leader in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I think him with Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste, who I have... I've been a fan of since um, their TM61 days in NXT. I thought they were pretty underrated there. Um, uh, those three in Bad Dutito, I think that's a, a good start to the faction. Um, I'm interested to see who else they'll add over the coming months, but I would assume you'll probably get like one or two more members to, to fill out this group. 
Um, but yeah, I thought this was another great match on the show. Um, ten and a half minutes, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and that would send us to our next match. I think everybody's very big anticipated match. The Never Open Weight Championship bout between Tamatanga and WWE Superstar Carl Anderson. This is better than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it was ten minutes. Or nine and a half, technically. I, I don't really have much to say. I just wanted Damadanga to win this. He won it. <laughs> That's all that really matters. Um, this was such a, a joke that this was even on the Wrestle Kingdom card. Um... Like, it was cool that Tamatanga got his big moment, but just think about how much better the last year would have been for Tamatanga if he didn't lose this belt in the first place. Um, like, there was no reason Carl won this belt and then defended it, like, twice. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. But this was a fine match. Nothing too spectacular. And the right guy won. That's all that matters. So, Tamatanga's the never open weight champion again. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he gets the babyface run with the belt that he deserved last year. Um, but as of now, that remains to be seen. But it does appear this was Carl Anderson's final appearance for New Japan as he goes and uh, does WWE full-time once again. So uh, for all you Good Brothers fans uh, that also like New Japan, tune in to Monday Night Raw. After the Never Open Weight Championship match, we would go to... Uh, Keiji Muto's final New Japan match as we would have Keiji Muto teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shota Umino against Los Ingobernables de Japón, represented by Tetsuya Naito, Sanada, and Bushi. Um, this was this also fine. Uh, this is this in the, the, the Never Open Weight match were kind of like the, the lull of the show. Um, they weren't, again, they weren't bad matches. It was just like, this kind of served as like your, your break from the high-intensity action. Uh, that would come back for the final three matches of the show. Um, some fun spots here, like Mudo teasing a moonsault and Tanahashi having to say, no, 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 you know, you're an old man, you have bad legs, don't do it. Um, and uh, Mudo would go out on top. They would uh, they would defeat LIJ, pinning Bushi, who is also rumored to possibly be departing from the company. Um, and, uh, yeah, then Mudo would just immediately start walking off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's the end of Keiji Muto in New Japan. Uh, his entrance was great, and the crowd was was very happy to see him. Um, so a good send off. Um, and uh, yeah, and that was end us to our final three matches, uh, championship bouts here with um, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on the line in a four way match with Hiromu Takahashi, uh, El Desperado, and Master Wado taking on Taiji Ishimori, who has had this belt since. I think, like, before Best of the Super Juniors 2022. So he's had this for a while. Um, I thought this got off to a somewhat slow start, but um, I it might have also just been me being tired, but I was quickly drawn into this. Um, and unsurprisingly, because I was actually very compelled to hope he won this match, it was because of Master Wado. Um, I thought that the storytelling here with Master Wado was fantastic. Um, we had him hit the, the first recitamente, and he had this match won, but because this cocky little blue boy wanted to put the his final stamp on this, he goes up top for the, I forget what it's called, whatever his top rope finish is, um, and it, it bites him, but the match doesn't end there. It's not like he, he loses, um, 
and instead we keep going and he ends up getting like two super close calls with uh, like two more recitamentes that get broken up and then the emperor german suplex which is the most insane suplex you'll ever see um for another crazy near fall uh, but in the end it would be hiromu takahashi winning this match it's wrestle kingdom <laughs> hiromu doesn't this made sense i guess you know uh, that they wanted to put this belt on Hiromu. I thought it should have been Wado, but I guess the story is he still has more to learn. Um, but man, how it would have been such a great moment if, if Master Wado won this match, in my opinion. Um, again, I didn't like... I, I enjoyed this match pretty great. I thought this was great stuff, but I think it would have been at, like an extra level if Wado won this. Um, I, he's no longer a meme to me. I think he's become a very good wrestler. I think he's found himself. He's gotten more comfortable. Um, and I think he, him winning this in the Tokyo Dome would have been an, a, a stellar moment. But I also understand wanting to put the belt up back on Hiromu. Um, so we'll see um, where this goes. But I, I do think Master Wado probably wins the title within the next year. And if not, at Wrestle Kingdom next year. So, um, yeah. Um, Again, great stuff. I think there were some really good spots here. I thought El Desperado had one of the best looks of the night. His, his outfit was insane. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then we would go to our double main event. First up would be the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match between Kenny Omega with Don Callis in his corner against Will Ospreay, the champion, with all of United Empire behind him. The one thing I will say I was upset about is that we didn't get Gideon Gray doing a great ring introduction for Will Ospreay, but I thought both of these guys had probably the best entrances of the entire night. Um, Kenny came out to One-Winged Angel from Final Fantasy, uh, and and we had uh, his former nicknames appear on the screen. We had the cleaner, the best bout machine, the belt collector, um, and then we had a, a giant one wing on the screen, and it was a, a killer entrance. Even as somebody who doesn't like play Final Fantasy, this was incredible. Will Ospreay would come out, um, and we'd have uh, all of United Empire on the stage waiting for him as we it would say the return of the assassin, and the piano notes would play uh, like a, a slowed-down version of Elevated before Elevated would be played over the speakers in the Tokyo Dome. Will Ospreay's old theme song, Incredible moment. Out of the gate. As soon as Omega came out, you knew that this was going to be special. And then once Osprey brought out Elevated, it got even bigger. It, it elevated the match. This was one of the most insane matches I have ever seen in my life. Um, it was, Again, we were deep in this show. And my attention was caught for... This was 34 minutes and 38 seconds. They had me for every second of this match. Um... This was brutal. It was violent as fuck. It was so well worked between these two. Osprey sold his ass off. Um, I know that I feel like Osprey was somebody who, over the past few years, you know, people have really come to terms that he has become like one of the best wrestlers in the world. For the longest time, I feel like one of the detractions about him was that he wasn't the best seller or that his selling was a bit like over the top. Um, and unbelievable. I think he's really worked on that, and I thought he sold this perfectly. Like, this was a fantastic acting job from him. Um, he got busted open here. The blood added to this. Um, this is a show that actually had, like, a, a decent amount of blood. You had Leo Rush get busted open in your opening match. Um, 
Goto had some blood in the tag match, and uh, then we would have um, Will just gushing here. Um, and I think that it really added to this. It, it did. It truly did. If any match on the show needed blood, it was this, 100%. Um, and it's just like some of the spots they hit in this were <laughs> insanity. Omega hit a, just a DDT that looked like he actually killed Will Ospreay um, onto the top turnbuckle. We had a, a Kreutz wrap off the top, uh, a, a bomb, or not a bomb, a, a Kamagoye into the one-winged angel, uh, Osprey just being inhuman, uh, Kenny Omega just smashing Osprey's face through a table repeatedly as he's already bloodied. Um, this was... Utterly insane. Some really great os cutters too, as well. Um, Omega's eye would swell up after a cheeky Nando's kick. Uh, this just looked, these two were beating the fuck out of each other, and it was so so captivating to watch. I like, and it, as this was going on, it was it was becoming apparent. Like, are Okada and Jay White going to be able to follow this? They followed it. I don't think they had a better match, but admittedly, the main event was also very very strong. Um, but th this is going to go down as one of the best Wrestle Kingdom matches ever. And this is going to be the hardest match to top for anybody in 2022. Um, Omega and Osprey went out here and set the bar so high that genuinely, by the time that we get to the end of 2023 um, or early 2024, and people are doing year-end lists, this is most likely going to top a lot of people's list. I do not know how you follow this up. I don't know how Kenny and Osprey follow this up whenever they do the rematch. This is obviously the match that I think a lot of people are going to fantasy book for Forbidden Door. As I didn't say it, but um, Kenny Omega did defeat Will Osprey shockingly, in my opinion, as he would deliver the Kamagoye uh, and followed it up with the One-Winged Angel here. Um, part of the story of the match was Kenny coming to avenge Ibushi after, you know, what uh, Osprey did to Ibushi a couple years ago at Wrestle Kingdom. And as Kenny would set up for the Kamigoye, Osprey just spit at him, just utter disrespect, and Kenny just took his head off. Um, so, so Kenny is a championship in New Japan again. This was something I did not foresee. Um, <laughs> I just thought that this was a one and done, and, you know, we'd get Kenny at Forbidden Door or whatever, but, like, I feel like Kenny's the type of guy who, again, once we finish this Best of Seven series... I don't know if the Elite are winning this thing. We know that, like, in, in going, go, shifting over to AEW talk for a second, we know that the House of Black have targeted the Elite, and we've been waiting for this Best of Seven series to end to see how that plays out. One would assume that you could have the House of Black co cost them the titles, um, and that sets up a feud. I don't know. Uh, but there's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces when you have two companies. Um, but I feel like Kenny would be the type of guy to come over to Japan and defend this title. Like, he, he loves Japan. He was the former face of New Japan for a lot of people. Um, and I, I feel like this is something he would definitely want to do, is defend this belt. Um, and again, there are New Japan shows in America. Like, I can see Omega doing Battle in the Valley, um, and them really trying to boost that into a big show with Okada on there, Mercedes versus Kyrie, and maybe a Kenny Omega title defense. Um, and you're probably also going to have Jay White versus Eddie Kingston on that show. Um, that also might be official already. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but So that show is actually shaping up to be a, a pretty big one. Um, but yeah, I thought this was incredible from start to finish. It, it, like, If you're going to watch one show, if you're going to watch one match on this show, it has to be this. Like, Bar none, this is the match to watch. 
Um, this was, I, I, in my ratings, I gave this all-time great. This is five or more stars. This was, I, I don't even know. Words can't do this justice. This was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in wrestling. Um, incredible. Tr truly incredible. Um, and then we get the main event, which was Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. This was the match that, again, there was there was debate about what should be the main event of this show, but obviously you do want to put the, the IWGP world title on last. And it was fitting, um, especially with this show being a tribute to Antonio Inoki and, and Okada really trying to channel Inoki over the past year um, and, and being the one to try and, you know, get Inoki to come to one of these shows, but obviously health issues prevented that and then his untimely death um, would, would prevent that even further. Um, so I, I, it made sense to end with this. Um, and yeah, I, again, Jay White and Okada have fantastic chemistry. These two are, are great rivals for one another. It was just a matter of this match, I think, lacked heat for a lot of people because we've seen it before. Um, and most people had already, like, mo most sensible people had, had pegged Okada to win this. Um, so this was a foregone conclusion. They did have some good near falls here. When Jay White busted out that first Blade Runner and Okada kicked out, um, everybody bit. Everybody thought that was it. Um, and, and yeah, um, look, I, I'm not that thrilled that Okada won this. I, I said during the predictions uh, preview show that I think best case scenario was Jay White walking out of this with the belt in terms of my personal interest. But at the same time, Okada's past runs with the belt in recent memory have been in front of clap crowds. Um, it just made sense that you would want to put the title on him, end this show off with a big babyface moment, and have Okada get his moment with the cheering fans. He led them in, in uh, Antonio Inoki's catchphrase at the end of the show for a great moment. Um, and, and yeah, he, he gets to head off into 2023 as champion. My prayer is that Okada doesn't have some incredibly long title reign. I wouldn't, like, take this off of him immediately. Um... But I, I also wouldn't have him go on like a year-long title reign, in my opinion. You could, and there's a good chance they will, but I would have him lose this by like Dominion or sometime after the G1. Um, I don't know who I would say takes it off of him. I really don't. I think some people are going to say Osprey, but I feel like they're going to want to go back to Omega and Osprey for the U.S. title. Um, so I, I really have no idea who takes this off of him. We know that Shingo is his first challenger. Um, I believe he's challenging for the new beginning. Um, there was some confusion at the end of the show um, as to what he was challenging him for. If it was for Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 or if it was for um, if it was for one of the new beginning shows. I'm on New Japan's website trying to see if uh, if I can find this Shingo Okada. No, nothing here. Um... Shingo, oh, okay. Shingo Takagi, first to challenge. Uh, date and venue not yet confirmed. Okay. Well, that, uh, sure. <laughs> um, Shingo would say, uh, I haven't forgotten a year ago to the day when you beat me for the belt. Away from that championship, I put together more than a fair resume with the KOPW. Um, I made a simple and clean challenge. I await a good answer. Okay. Uh, Okada brushed off the comment, but it would appear that the New Beginning tour upcoming may be as good as time as any. Okay, so there you go. So New Beginning is most likely when we're getting Okada versus Shingo. And I think it's a very strong match that people would like to see again. Um, I do hope that Okada has some fresh challengers this reign. Um, I think 
Um, you're doing that Battle in the Valley show, and if you're doing Jay White versus Eddie Kingston, I think you should... You don't need to make it official, but I think that that should be like a number one contenders thing for Okada, and I think... I think Eddie Kingston should probably beat Jay White, and you should try and run Eddie versus Okada. That's a fresh match. Eddie's an incredible babyface, and he can also play a great heel. I think him versus Okada would be a fresh match that a lot of people would like to see, both in AEW and New Japan. Um, I think, depending on how long you have Zack Sabre Jr. hold this uh, TV title, you can go back to Zack versus Okada. People will be a big fan of that. Um... Trying to think of who else you can really go for. Again, you're not going to do Omega versus Okada yet. I do think that's on the table down the line is another Okada Omega match, um, and that'd be interesting. Um, that would be interesting to see who would win that. One would assume it's Okada, but theoretically, if you did that before Omega and Osprey, you could have Omega beat Okada. And then Osprey is the one who has to take down Omega for New Japan. That would be very interesting. I don't know if they would do that, but that'd be an interesting scenario. Um, I really, do, I don't really know who I would. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see Jeff Cobb and Okada go at it again. I think they have great chemistry. Um, and I would, I wouldn't mind seeing some outside people from like Noah or AW come in and and challenge Okada. Um, I think there's, there, there's plenty of names, like, I just, I don't really need, like, I don't need Okada versus Osprey again right now, I think that's one that you should wait on, I don't, like, I don't want Okada and White again right now, um, you could, you could bring up Taichi for a challenge, I guess, um, I don't know, there's, there's, oh, please, 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 do not do Okada and Naito. That's the one I was thinking of. Don't do that again. We had that too much last year. They had great matches, but I don't want it again for the world title scene. Um, and yeah, so I'll be curious to see where they go with this Okada title reign. But like I said, I hope that this isn't a super long one. Um, and if it is, at least there's other exciting titles going on right now in New Japan. The... IWGP US title gained a lot of interest over the past year with Osprey's reign and now even more interest with Omega winning it. Um, people love Hiromu, so they're going to be excited for him with the junior title. Um, we also know that he was supposed to do Forbidden Door last year, but got sick, so he couldn't. But he seemed very excited at the prospect of working in AEW. Um, and we do know Darby Allen is coming to Japan. Um, so that is one to keep my eye out on, is them potentially doing Hiromu versus Darby. That would be utter insanity, so... Um, if Hiromu takes this belt on tour and, and does some interesting stuff with it, I'm not going to be upset. Um, Tamatanga's got the Never Open Weight title. That's more exciting than it's been in a year. Um, Zack Sabre Jr.'s got the television title. You now have Ren Narita and Shota Umino as established faces on your uh, on your roster. Um, Bishamon got the tag titles. Uh, you have TMDK probably, I would assume, challenging them sometime soon maybe not the first challenger but i would assume they're going to challenge this year um and your kopw is either great okan shingo show or toriano and I, I would probably assume great okan wins that but you never know they might put it on shingo um and also catch 2-2 with the the junior tag titles i do want to see them get some more um new faces to face off against i think leo were Le leo as they're known uh would be was a great addition and i think you know um getting in some other teams like 
have them defend against Alex Zane and L. Lindemann. I really like them as a duo. Um, you can have them defend against Chris Bay and Ace Austin. You have a bunch of options. Um, but yeah, as a whole, I think Wrestle Kingdom was an outstanding event. Um, capped off by a great main event with Okada and Jay White. A phenomenal all-time match between Kenny Omega and Osprey. A great four-way for the junior title. A memorable, and not, I don't want to say super memorable, but um, a, a nice farewell to Keiji Muto. Tamatanga getting his big moment in the Dome. Zack Sabre Jr. winning his first singles title. Uh, Bishamon defeating FTR in a great match. Kyrie uh, beating Tom Nakano in the debut of Mercedes Monet. And, and Catch 2 2 um, versus Leo. Again, a great opening match. I thought this was a great show. This, <laughs> this was the most excited I, I've been for New Japan in some time. I was so excited uh, before the show started. Just like all day, I was waiting for this. Um, and it delivered. I was I was thrilled top to bottom. I enjoyed it. I'm excited for this year for New Japan, and I really hope they can keep my interest throughout 2023. Um, so, yeah. So that's my review. Thank you for listening if you made it through this. Um, please feel free to leave your comments. If I post this on YouTube, I should post it on YouTube. Um, then leave it. If not, then, you know, whatever. But uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to, whether it's on a streaming service, you can subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on Twitter, yada, 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 yada. You, you, you know the spiel at the end. Um, I've been Pat. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode of the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. See ya.